I just don't think it's the best place to tell your story. I'm standing at the intersection of Hollywood and Vine. It's the most famous corner in the world. What, what better place to tell a story about the motion picture industry? You, you want me to go back to the studio? No. And where do you suggest? The sidewalk. You do know pedestrians have the right of way in California. From the corner of Hollywood and Vine, it's out of my mind. I'm Jay Douglas, and in episode 40, a story about perhaps Thomas Edison's greatest invention. And while Edison had a well-deserved reputation for putting his name on the work of others, this was one invention he never laid claim to. And I doubt if he ever wanted it. Standing here, I'm in the middle of the historical heart of the film industry. To the east, Gower Gulch, where Columbia Pictures churned out one Western after another. To the south, Paramount Pictures. To the west, the former studios of Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton. None of it would be here if it weren't for Thomas Edison. Yes, Edison invented the movie camera and myriad devices that made filmmaking possible. But Thomas Edison also invented Hollywood. At the turn of the 20th century, Edison wasn't a man with a camera. He was a man with camera patents, and patents for projection equipment as well. In 1908, Edison convinced most of the holders of motion picture patents that he didn't already own to join him in the Motion Picture Patents Company, more commonly known as the Edison Trust. He went so far as to persuade George Eastman to sign up too, so that without Eastman's blessing, filmmakers couldn't buy the raw film stock they'd need to make a movie. And even if they somehow got their hands on film, they couldn't use a camera to shoot it. Nor could distributors show it without Edison's permission. And getting Edison's permission involved more conditions than a movie mogul's prenup. Let me see. Whereas the party of the second part, uh, words, 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 etc., cetera, et cetera, shall charge uniform movie admission price independent of the cost of the film. And paragraph, 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 is No movie stars' names shall appear in the credits. He didn't want the fame to go to their heads since they'd start charging more money to appear in pictures. Running time of any film shall be less than 20 minutes. And furthermore, and so on and so forth and forthwith. If the threat of a hefty fine didn't encourage independent filmmakers to follow the rules, Edison's straight-out-of-central casting thugs took over. I hope you saved the plans for that set. And if you did manage to make a movie and sneak it into a theater... Edison's gangs guaranteed there'd be more action in the audience than there was on the screen. <laughs> Suing filmmakers and busting up sets was easy when they were a carriage ride away from Edison's Menlo Park, New Jersey laboratory. But the further away those filmmakers were, the harder it became for Edison to exercise his power. Some filmmakers headed south, setting sail for Florida or Cuba. Others, uh, who probably paid more attention in geography class, realized the country was bigger east to west than it was north to south, so they hopped westbound trains and kept on going. Right until they ran out of tracks here at the edge of the Pacific Ocean. The pleasant weather, the sunnier days, the variety of scenery, and especially the ability to avoid Edison's phalanx of attorneys tipped the scales in California's favor. Not to mention the lack of... Carl Emily, Cecil B. DeMille, William Fox, and many others found their Shangri-La among the orange groves that came to be known as Hollywood. The courts put an end to the Edison Trust in 1912, but 
few filmmakers look back. I wouldn't give Edison sole credit for inventing motion pictures, but there's no doubt in my mind he single-handedly got the pictures to move. And that's the story I call Moving Pictures. If you enjoyed it, tell people about it. Email your friends or share a link on Facebook. Another thing you can do? Go to iTunes, search the podcasts for Out of My Mind, give the show a good rating, and leave a comment about why you listen every week. Podcasts build their audiences through word of mouth, so speak up. If you like what you hear here, spread the word. Thank you. And thanks to my wife for telling me not to play in the traffic and guaranteeing I'll have all my limbs when I return next Tuesday at 6 a.m. with another little-known story about well-known stuff. We'll talk then. I'm Jay Douglas. Out of My Mind is produced by Penny Summers and is a copyrighted feature of the Theater of Your Mind, Incorporated, Hollywood, California.